My right breast was not the only thing that cancer took from me. I've also had to reconstruct my entire lifestyle, my mindset, and my identity. Before breast cancer, I was one of those people that never got ill, never went to the doctor, and didn't even like to take a painkiller for a headache if I could help it. I was so certain of my general good health that when I found a lump on my right breast just before Christmas 2020, I felt completely sure that it must be a cyst or some hormonal thing related having just turned 40. My subsequent diagnosis in January 2021 was a shock. But looking at the statistics, perhaps it shouldn't have been. In 2020, breast cancer had the dubious honour of displacing lung cancer to become the most diagnosed cancer worldwide. Here in the UK, it's also the most common cancer overall, with one in seven women diagnosed in their lifetime. According to statistics from Cancer Research UK, there are around 57,000 new breast cancer cases every year, more than 150 a day, so effectively one every 10 minutes. And it's not merely the realm of the over 50s anymore. Since the early 1990s, breast cancer rates in 25 to 49-year-old women have increased by 17%. It's now the leading cause of death for women aged 35 to 49 in the UK. Let's say that again. It's now the leading cause of death for women aged 35 to 49. When I wrote about my experience of breast cancer treatment in a column for the Sunday Times Style magazine, I was blown away by the response. The column, which was co-written with my husband Jonathan, ran for a year and covered everything from getting through chemotherapy, mastectomy surgery and radiotherapy to how I coped with the psychological trauma of losing my hair and the anxiety about my risk of recurrence. It also dug into the impact on my family, which is why it was so interesting to write alongside Jonathan. I received hundreds of emails and direct messages from readers saying that the column had articulated how they felt and helped them to feel less alone. I found this heartbreaking because a breast cancer diagnosis and the treatment that follows is extremely tough and no one should ever have to cope with that alone. Isolation was even more prevalent during the COVID pandemic for obvious reasons. I have since learned that there are many resources available, although they're not always easy to find, which is one of the reasons that I wanted to write this book. The good news is that while diagnosis rates are on the rise, breast cancer survival rates are improving and have doubled in the last 40 years. So I know that there are hundreds of thousands of us out there needing warm, relatable advice for getting through treatment and rebuilding ourselves afterwards. This is a pragmatic but positive book for people going through breast cancer and their families and friends. It's a sensible guide, but I've tried to make it optimistic and hopeful, sharing positive advice for breast cancer patients and their supporters while looking forward to a healthy, long life after cancer. If you like, this is the cancer equivalent of one of those pregnancy books with clear advice on what to expect at every stage of treatment and what questions to ask your doctors right down to what to pack in your hospital bag. Think of it as a guide to what to expect when you're expecting the worst. After writing the column, many readers contacted me asking for advice about their own situation, and they still do. I'm not a doctor, but having been through the breast cancer mill, I now know the process from the inside out. And as a journalist, I'm used to interviewing experts and translating sometimes impenetrable medical advice statistics and information in a way that's clear and useful for a wider audience. As well as being an emotional support, 
you'll find practical advice here for all the stages of treatment and further ways in which you can reduce your risk of recurrence. An estimated quarter of all breast cancer cases in the UK are preventable. And while no one can claim to prevent cancer completely, there are just too many varied causes, many of which are not yet fully understood. There are certainly steps that you can take to reduce your risk. I want you to be able to skip quickly to the part of this book that you most need right now. So it's broken down into four parts. Dip in and out as required. The idea is that if you're struggling with overwhelm, fatigue and brain fog caused by cancer treatment and its side effects, you can go straight to what you need at that moment and ignore everything else.